Welcome, guys, to another episode of Tuesday Talks. We're your hosts, Dan and Harris. What's going on, Harris? How are you doing today? Um, I'm doing all right, man. What's going on with you? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. We've got a new addition to the family, another kitten in the household. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a wild time at home, but it's also a wild time across Canada with uh, everything going on. <laughs> If you've seen lately, <laughs> and I think a lot of our uh, folks that are probably tuning in too, you may have seen on the news, whether you're here or south of the border, that we've got some issues with um, an emergency orders act that the prime minister has put into place. Um, you want to talk me through this, Harris? What can I expect? Um, I mean, you know what was, uh, I think, uh, was it the Ottawa's interim police chief or something who said that their constable or whoever is in charge said that he's like warning everybody that uh, the, um, they're going to expect the police to behave in a way they haven't behaved before. Um, I would say that sounds like a threat. It is. I mean, it's, yeah, <laughs> doesn't sound like one. It is. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. But I would say that, uh, I don't know, like I started off thinking um, like what the government did was, I just feel like it's just very un unprofessional. Um, and the more time goes by, the more um, uh, time, I, or the more I feel that like this is just not something that, uh, like our, we should be expecting a little bit more professionalism um, from our elected officials. Like the, the fact that, like, like, I mean, for those of you who may be tuning outside from outside of Canada, we just had a kind of a, a, a group of people who started as like truckers who started um, uh, objecting the mandates to get vaccinated. Um, and they, it, it kind of gathered uh, quite a bit of a, uh, momentum um and then they made their way to ottawa um, which is capital and then they also kind of blocked off a few borders um between the u.s and canada so um i think when they moved to they got into ottawa my prime minister got um covid <laughs> he ran off it was quite convenient that he well first he said he was exposed to covid yeah. um, but he tested negative and then lo and behold, and the funny thing is, I, not to say, you know, I'm, I'm um, predicting the future, but in this case, I think I kind of did it because I, I put it out there on social media and I said, you know what, I wouldn't be surprised if over the weekend he tests positive. So it buys him a little bit more time to, you know, figure out a game plan and to stay into hiding. Um, and I think that's what kind of irked people is all of these <clears throat> truckers and, you know, folks that are looking to, um, maybe make a change as far as what's happened with the lockdowns. And, you know, I hear most of them are vaccinated. So I don't even know if it's a, it's a argument against vaccination. I think it's just an argument against mandates. Um, but the fact the way, and uh, if you've been watching any of the clips on the house of commons and what's going on there, it's kind of like a runaway train now and people can't look away. Uh, a lot of the, the legacy media, uh, in the U.S. are picking it up and around the world, too, because people are looking to see, okay, well, how's this, you know, um, how's this government dealing with their own uh, people? Because I know uh, Trudeau had come out when it first started saying it was a small fringe minority um, looking to disrupt things, and that's simply not the case. They're, they're you know, a group that 
at trying to get their point across. I think the interesting thing is I'd seen this on a tweet that a few, was it maybe a couple of years ago, India was in a similar situation. And this had been going on for like over a year where the farmers were protesting uh, conditions there in India. So they had blocked a lot of the major arteries into New Delhi and Trudeau had stood up and with solidarity with the farmers and said, you have the right to protest and Canada will back you on that. And then as soon as this happens, um, and I do remember like when I was living downtown Toronto, I would see the, uh, a lot of farm equipment going down the gardener with uh, flags from India on it and people honking and protesting. And, you know, it did upset people here because obviously it was uh, slowing things down and disrupting life. But Trudeau had stepped up and said, look, we support the peaceful protesting. Now that the protesting's kind of come to his backyard and it's uh, domestic, you know, he's kind of changed his tune and, and there's there's no room for that here. So it's interesting because it's put a lot of people um, in two different camps. And, uh, you know, now with this emergencies act that he's uh, put into place, you know, it looks like they have the ability to um, freeze assets, uh, freeze bank accounts, levy fines. They can force tow trucks to actually go ahead and tow these vehicles. Otherwise, they're going to, you know, face fines. So I don't know, like, I heard that some tow truck union or association had come out and said, look, we're, we're not going to um, mandate or, or force union members to do something when we don't know how we're going to be protected from backlash in this, you know? So it's, uh, I think it's easier said than done what they're trying to do. Yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of it is uh, pressure from down South. I think like last week, Biden said something and all of a sudden these measures um, started taking place. Um, I think before mate Trudeau was like, if I close my eyes, it'll just go away. <laughs> And then he opened him, and there was, everybody was still right in front of him. <laughs> so I think there's a, a, an element of that. And when Biden kind of kicks in and says, hey, listen, like, uh, this needs to be fixed. Um, and and, and it, that message could have been sent uh, through the U.S. embassy, through an ambassador, if it wasn't uh, as extreme. And because Biden's kind of sending it, it means that the U.S. was concerned, too, because what if this right. sparks uh, protests in, in the U.S.? What I find, which I think it's going to, I, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely going to, I mean, what I find extremely interesting, just the narrative of uh, everything, what we hear in media, like if you look at China, it's like, oh my God, uh, people are protesting and they're an authoritarian regime and they just want to control like what you're thinking and doing. And oh my God, but over here, it's kind of like. If somebody objects, no, well, they're domestic terrorists <laughs> and we have to like eliminate the threat or contain the threat. It's like what you're doing is not far from what they're doing. It's pretty much the same thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very, it's interesting how it's framed, right? And um, I don't know, it's, uh, it can be dangerous too. We'll see what happens. I mean, the interesting thing too is with the, this Emergencies Act, I think it's uh, in place for 30 days. We have a uh, Bank of Canada announcement on the lending overnight lending rate, right? So the last one, I think they do eight a quarter or eight a quarter, eight a year. Yeah. So eight announcements. The first announcement that came out, they kind of held interest rates. Um, and 
a lot of folks were thinking that the next one they were going to go ahead because there were hints of them increasing that that rate um but i mean if we're sort of in this um i don't know it's not really a lockdown but you know where we've enacted the the emergency whatever act um i think there's going to likely um not be a rate increase that's just my prediction on it i don't know but if everything's sort of like in a holding pattern right now that's what i think is going to happen is there's just going to be another wait and see till this wears off because look as of right now as of our filming ottawa is still being occupied yeah you know the truckers haven't backed down mm. how's this going to end um i know they've been assembling a lot of um uh, law enforcement and if they have to push things forward in a way that it's never been, you know, used before, it could get messy. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, I don't, I don't think there's going to be a rate increase. I love the fact that uh, the Bank of Canada makes it seem like it's their decision. I don't think it's their decision. It's. Um, Let's talk about that. So who? Yeah, whose decision? If it's not the Bank of Canada, who ultimately controls that? I think I think a, I know the answer, a lot but... of it is coordinated with, between the G7 countries because the way mm -hmm. you, the interest rates fluctuate um, dictates how much money can be printed and put into the economy, and they also want to maintain um, some uh, relationships in currencies. For example, um, Canada traditionally has been keeping its currency weak. Um, so to kind of promote exporting to the States for whatever reason, right? I mean, we could have other markets, but we just want to export to the, the U.S. and all 80% of our exports go down to the States. And, and by keeping that currency weaker, um, what you have is you just have a thriving export market. But um, if you increase that rate, for example, and the U.S. doesn't, then you're going to have a stronger currency and it's going to um, decrease your exports. Argument is, is it also is going to stabilize housing. It could stabilize um, your buying power. You have stronger buying power, so you don't need as many Canadian dollars to go buy something else. So, um, And we can definitely find other people to buy our stuff. Maybe we need to diversify. So maybe if exports go down to st in the States, maybe it'll go down from 80 to 70 to 60, and maybe we can make the shortfall by right. diversifying, sending it somewhere else. That's just kind of economic policy for me. If the U.S. increases their um, uh interest rate and we don't then i mean the uh, uh currency gap becomes insane right and so then things get very expensive for us so they want to kind of bring it um up together um i don't think to be honest right now uh the u.s is in any kind of position to increase interest rates i don't think they will um you know I, i'd seen a, an article <clears throat> where they had mentioned that there's possibly a 2% increase uh, south of the border because of something to do with the bond yield um, and to expect uh, interest rates to be on the rise um, in the very near future. But I mean, I again, I don't know. Uh, like you said, um, it's possible that they don't increase it. Yeah, I mean, everybody said that they were going to increase it uh, on uh, like uh, earlier this year, uh, but they didn't. 
uh, Goldman Sachs, right. they all predicted, oh yeah, four rate hikes, this and that, or now they're doing, they, now they're saying there's going to be a super rate hike. I think as soon as they started talking about rate hikes, uh, the stock market started falling and nobody, like they just kind of backed away from everything. And so um, I don't think, and then now they're kind of going, oh yeah, no, we need, like it's going to be super rate hike. It's going to be like 50 basis points. I mean, your, your inflation is coming in at seven and a half. Right, you need to be at like seven and a half. Is that what the U.S. is right yeah, now? Yeah, U.S. is above seven wow. percent. This is state um, calculated. If you calculate it the same way the government did fifteen years ago, twenty years ago, it would actually be fifteen percent. But just the way they calculate it now changes over time. As soon as prices uh. start going up, like for example, the way I mean, the way. Uh, Inflation is calculated is you have a box or a box, a basket of goods, CPI index, right? Um, and you measure the value of those things and the prices of those things in that basket. So like egg, milk, this, that, whatever. Um, and then like you see it one year and the next year, if it goes up, you're like, all right, this is the inflation. But what they're now doing is they are also um, using substitutes, Right. So let's say mm -hmm. people if year one, you have steak. Steak is eight bucks a pound, whatever that is. I'm just making stuff up. But let's just let's yeah, say that's yeah, the yeah. number. I don't know the number for this, but yeah. Um, and then next year, uh, steak goes to 30 bucks a pound or whatever it is. Right. Um, but they say, hey, wait, well, not a lot of people are getting steak anymore. They're getting chicken. Chicken is four dollars a pound. So we'll replace the eight with the four, which shows that prices have gone down. But really, they've gone up. But they're just claiming that, oh, well, no, people are not eating steak anymore. We got to kind of keep up with the trends. They're eating chicken. Well, they're eating chicken because they can't afford the steak. Well, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. They still want their protein. They just they can't get the, the good stuff because they can't afford the yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Um, so, so here's, yeah, it's, and it's interesting here because I think we talked about this. Inflation back in December was, uh, what was it, 4.8%. And then the numbers just came out for last month. Uh, and we're what five five point one percent? Something said it's the highest since nineteen ninety one. Yeah. I mean that's pretty insane. Uh, out west in Vancouver, I've heard that um, the price of gas is over a buck eighty a liter. That's for eighty seven octane, like the low stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean it, it's uh, the cost of living's just gone through the new roof. It's astronomical. Um, where does it end, and, and what happens? Uh, where do we go from here? I don't know. I think they're gonna, they're not going to raise rates until they're forced to raise rates. Um, right. At one point, they're going to tr have to tame inflation, and the only way to do that is to, right. to increase interest rates. And they're they're buying their time because as soon as um, they raise interest rates, it's going to have ramifications across the economy. Pro house prices are going to come down. I would love to see house prices come down. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, right? Yeah, the average is what eight hundred thirty-six thousand dollars across Canada yeah. now. That's the average cost of a detached home has gone up something like twenty percent in the last month. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, or last year, year over year. Um, yeah, so it's like it's uh, it's not sustainable. So what's this thing called hyperinflation? Hyperinflation is. This is it. Well, I mean, like hyperinflation normally. Are we there yet? What's what's the threshold for determining we're in a state of hyperinflation? Let's see. Let me just Google this real quick. <laughs> That's the. Because I feel like, you know, we're four or five percent um, 
and and we're upward trending at this point at what point do we say okay you know we uh we've hit hyperinflation so inflation that's greater than 50 percent that's hyperinflation. we still got a little ways to go on that but still i mean if we kind of project this out uh we don't we don't do something to to change how we're dealing with the inflation it just Dude, I mean, 50% uh, means like the sky is falling, literally. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. So, I mean, and, and parts of the sky could start falling at 10%, 5%, right? It's not like our, 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 uh, our salaries have gone up. I remember, like, I think there's a stat, I think somewhere between 800% to 1,000% is the increase in prices of housing from 2008 in the GTA from to now. Like, they're saying, 800% or something like that, eight times, right? That's insane. So That's insanity. How has, our, like, even if it's not, I remember what first house my parents got uh, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, the three, 400,000. Now it's like one and a half approaching to a million, right? Yeah. That's, that's, that's what, Yeah, and X? that's the thing, like, yeah, and wages aren't increasing at that rate. If you're in the same job, same position, I mean, you have a cost of living adjustment. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, maybe uh, annually, but it's it's just not sustainable. I pulled up here some information um, on provincially what our um, inflation rate has been Um and the change is uh, from the previous month. So highest comes in at uh, PEI at 7.1%. Oh, wow. Last month, there was 6.7%. Ontario's 5.7% up from 5.2%. Looks like the lowest right now um, is Saskatchewan. Uh, no, sorry, Newfoundland and Labrador, 4%. Uh, they were previously 4.2%. So they've actually gone down. But overall, I mean, we're up pretty... Um, pretty substantially uh it's, it's it's scary man it definitely oh the Callaway. Callaway's 2.1 so if anyone needs to move hmm. Callaway's the place to go <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah anyway i mean this is uh it's been interesting and i think in the next few weeks we'll really see how this shakes out um and with the convoy and other protests that are planned the interesting thing is to see on the weekend, we have a lot more people showing up for these protests. We're, uh, uh, you know, we'll see what happens uh, this coming weekend, um, and then again, how how the the police, law enforcement, and government plans on sort of dealing with this. And um, we'll circle back and see our thoughts on it, um, and then, yeah, how this plays out with real estate as well too, and and interest rates and all of that jazz. But thanks. Horace, I appreciate you coming on with this, co-hosting. Uh, and it's nice to talk about things that are maybe not necessarily, it's more peripheral to what yeah. we do, but I think it's still really relevant. Again, thanks, guys, for joining us today on our Tuesday Talks. Take care, guys. Uh, I'm Dan. And that's Harris. See ya. <laughs> Bye.